Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? I'm jealous. Why are you jealous? Because you're going to eat lobster rolls and see really cool stuff, and I'm not. Yes, we are on vacation right now, and we are in uh, Maine. We're big National Park fans, and so we're at uh, We've Acadia. met Amy. I'm well aware. Yes, yes. So uh, we're we're visiting Acadia, and um, yeah, we've we've already started having lobster rolls. Yeah, so. checking out Bar Harbor to see if they could host the SBC annual meeting in like 2029. Is that what it is? Right, right. I'm seeing seeing some hotels have not seen a, a convention center yet. There's a ba- there's like a local town baseball field. Maybe we could fit everybody on. We'll that. Do it outside. That's right. First ever. <laughs> annual meeting held outdoors okay i have seen in because i've i've learned a lot of the areas bar harbor is where you know so we were we were in another bass harbor i think that's kind of more of a it's a lobstering village sort of small town bar harbor is where people go for second homes vacation things like that saw a couple of yachts in the harbor um, some of those seemed big enough to hold all of us, so maybe we could get that. Is that the I don't southeastern know. yacht that Keith had available to him? Uh, no, that was not. <laughs> <laughs> those were yachts like I've not seen before. Um, but maybe you could, you know, see if one of those would hold all ten thousand of us because it's pretty big. Yeah, I didn't get invited on those, but I did get some great ice cream and. Uh, see uh see a, a really neat little town but man the the views are just beautiful here so yeah it's well the only time i've ever been to maine was uh oh right out of college and i was doing i was helping oh, see, chaperone i thought a, you've been in recent years no i helped oh, okay. to um chaperone a mission trip years ago and it was right outside of boston and one afternoon like before the week really got started we drove up to maine and went saw a lighthouse and went to a restaurant and then came back down. That was so you've never it. like really been to Maine. No, I've you've been, been very... there, but not been there. Right. So I've been very close to Maine when I went to, you know, I love to go to Canada. When yeah. I went to Canada a few years ago. Nova back. Scotia is basically Maine. Right. Well, we were in New Brunswick and Maine was like, we could see it over the water. It was right there, but we were in New yeah. Brunswick. The so. Maritimes, it's all the same. It's all the same. Basically. Yeah. It's all, all right. lobster. Lobster yeah. everywhere. Yeah, so. I bet. And chowder and yes. all kind of stuff. So, well, cool. Yeah. Amy, I'm glad you're having a good time up there. Uh, I know now that you've told us where you are, I know there are other, several other people that are jealous that you're there and they're not either, just like I am. So, that's life. So have to make plans to yeah. come. Well, so. I'm going to be in Dallas next week in New Orleans. So. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not the same. So. Yeah. But anyway, well, Amy, let's get into it. We do want to thank our sponsor each and every week here on the podcast, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, the training you need to live your calling wherever God calls you. That's what you can expect when you complete a Master of Divinity degree at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. With a wide array of academic options, Southwestern Seminary offers MDiv studies with concentrations in educational ministry, women's studies, international church planning, and much more. So whether you're called to student ministry, cross-cultural ministry, pastoral ministry, chaplaincy, or anything in between, a Master of Divinity from Southwestern Seminary will equip you to live your calling. You can explore all the options available within the Southwestern Seminary MDiv over at swbts.edu slash mdiv. Well, Amy, we start at another seminary this past week, one right down the street from your house and very near and dear to you, 
Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary launched a mandatory sexual abuse prevention and response course this past week for all students. Yeah, that's right. So that came out this week. It will start in August. It starts next month. It will be a a training course that's required of all students, undergraduate, graduate, advanced. Um, Everybody has to, to take it. It will give an overview of practical strategies for preventing and responding to sexual abuse and will clarify biblical and theological foundations for caring well for survivors of abuse. So it'll be a zero credit course, but they have to have to take it. And it'll be like there's a like a a really minimal fee that just covers a couple of the um, housekeeping items to administrate it. But it's not like, you know, kind of a it's not like a regular course, right? It's not like a regular course. So it's one that uh, just I think the administration realized we've been talking about this as a convention and there's been questions before about asking entities, what are they doing? And Southeastern just kind of came together and said, we think we need to actually develop something that we uh, we give give to our students. So I think it's really good. Um, A lot of great folks are involved in it. Uh, Brad Hambrick, who is a assistant professor of biblical counseling there, but a lot of folks know him from his work on the caring well, the church that cares well resource. Samantha Kilpatrick is an attorney in the Raleigh area. And she did a lot with the uh, caring well initiative. Um, Rachel Denhollander, she has, uh, I think does a, a panel in it has, has, you know, speak some. And so just a lot of great opportunities, uh, to learn from experts in the field. Yeah, that's kind of one of the outflows we've seen after the emphasis we've had over the past three or four years in the convention. So uh, we'll probably see more of that as we go down the road. Uh, Some news kind of related to the annual meeting. Mike Keebone, who we have talked about on here and who we used a clip of from the annual meeting press conference, from the resolutions press conference, about the forced conversion of Native Americans. He's been able to use that uh, to minister to survivors of that forced conversion and, and having discussions with like the, the United States government. Yeah, this is one of those examples, kind of like the Uyghur uh, yeah. resolution in 2020. I mean, it's kind of like the Uyghur resolution in 2021 that uh, it doesn't get a lot of chatter at the meeting, primarily because everybody is just like, hey, yeah, we can stand behind this. So it doesn't end up having a long discussion. But in the end, that statement ends up making uh, a huge impact sort of outside. It's a great external statement to the world. So this was the resolution was titled on religious liberty, forced conversion and the federal Indian boarding school initiative investigative report. And it was a response to a federal report that had released in May. So this was about uh, the forced assimilation and conversion of Native Americans, Alaska Natives, and Native Hawaiians in the U.S. between 1819 and 1969. And, you know, the Southern Baptist Convention was not involved in that, but one of the reasons that it was very important for us to respond to it is that this forced assimilation and uh, the abuse that went with it was done in the name of missions. And so for us to care about missions the way that we do, I think it was important for us to say, hey, this federal report came out and it it was wrong and we stand up for that. So what's really cool is the federal government has been doing a tour. They kicked off what they call a road to healing where the Department of the Interior is going around and talking with 
uh, people, even some survivors from these schools uh, and just kind of trying to build bridges and give them an opportunity to tell their stories. And Mike Keebone went to one of these. He went to the very first one and he got to read the resolution there to these people. It's a really incredible story uh, that Tim Cox did, did a great job with it. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. yeah and, and there are still survivors of this. That That's the right. wild thing about this. Like you didn't realize, you kind of don't realize that some of those people are still around, but he was able right. to meet them and talk with them, which is pretty, pretty right. cool. And he had a personal connection with this because he had an uncle that yeah. had, that, that had been in, uh, in one of those. And so it's just, it's very, very powerful. Um, and I think he talked about that in the recording that we posted, but it's very powerful and a great, a great opportunity for Southern Baptists to speak to this, uh, to speak out about uh, something that was was wrong and to call it that. Yep. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We need more key bones in the yes. SBC. All right. Uh, amen to that. So way to go, Mike. And uh, we appreciate all you're doing up there in Oklahoma and uh, related to uh, this uh, the healing tour that you're talking about there. So uh, that'll move us over to Southern Amy. Got a good friend of the pod going on as a faculty member over there. Yeah, so Jimmy Scroggins has been announced that he will join the faculty at Southern as professor of Christian ministry in the Billy Graham School of Missions, Evangelism, and Ministry. Big announcement. Paul Aiken rolled that out, said that Jimmy Scroggins displays a heart for the local church and will contribute a wealth of practical ministry experience to the Southern faculty. And to be clear, he's staying at West Palm. He's staying at Family Church. Yes. Yes. So not not moving to Louisville again. He actually was the the, one of the early deans of the Boys College. College. That's right. Was a was a dean at Boys College back in the day and then went down to South Florida. And uh, is the pastor, like you said, at Family Church down there in West Palm and beyond. They've got several campuses in the South Florida area. So congrats to Jimmy. Some sad, sad news, Amy, from Illinois. A pastor's two daughters and his sister have been killed in a uh, kind of a, a car wreck up in Illinois. Yeah, this was really tough. I hated seeing this story. So two teenage daughters of Scott Broughton. Um, they are 17 years old and 15 years old. He's the pastor of First Baptist Church of Carlisle. His sister was also killed, Rhonda Evans of Ackerman, Mississippi. And this is just, just really, really tough. It was a, a it was a, a an accident in near Breckenmeyer in Illinois, but just very sad. There's a a story in. BP, a short tribute there, and then a connection to the obituary. But just one of these things out there that just to, to really pray for this, this is one of one of ours and a church that is obviously deeply hurting and, um, and traumatized. Yes. So. so just some really sad news. Also, we lost this past week, Bill Mackey, the former KBC executive director. He was the executive director in Kentucky right before Paul Chitwood. That's right. He led the KBC from 1998 to 2011. And uh, he was a great, great man. He really was. I remember when we were at Southern, that's when he was at the KBC. So he came and preached in chapel and, um, and uh, you know, had that connection, that local connection there. We had a friendship with his, have still have a friendship with his daughter, Beth Wooten. She Wait, and her that's husband, his daughter? Yeah, Beth I Wooten. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Bartley Wooten, who's a pastor in North Carolina. And Beth is a trustee at, at Southeastern, but we actually, yeah, uh, I've never met Beth, but I know the name. Yeah. And yeah, I had, had no idea. 
Yeah, wow. we actually knew them years ago. Um, we were all at Southern Seminary at the same time. But Bill Mackey, after he retired, actually relocated to North Carolina. So we would run into him from time to time. And I saw him at the um, at the uh, the North Carolina Baptist Convention annual meeting. And then actually, I think I saw him, uh, I don't know, several months back. We just ended up at the same restaurant. They were there celebrating a birthday. And he was just really wonderful and really kind to our kids and uh, just a just a great man um, served Kentucky Baptists so, so well. Uh, and there's a great there's a great story again in Baptist Press pulled from Kentucky today that is a wonderful tribute to him. All right. One more thing before we finish out the news this week, Amy, the this past week, Brent Leatherwood and I sat down for a discussion on the, the Supreme Court recap. Yes. So uh, there's a story in BP about that. So if you want to, if you didn't have a chance to catch that on video, uh, you can go back and watch that. I'll put the video in the show notes as well. So uh, just a, a good little recap of all things Supreme Court. I know Amy loves those kind of things. So I know she's watched it like every morning as part of her morning devotional the last few days just to right. to recap that. Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Well, Amy, Amy that's going to do it for our news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go to 1953 to an obituary. I don't do obituaries a lot, but sometimes I do because I think people had interesting lives. So it was the obituary for Dr. J.E. Dillard. He had been director of promotion for the executive committee from 1936 to 1947. Now, keep in mind, the executive committee is not that yeah, old like four at people. that point. Right, right. And it's only Hardly been around staff. since like 1919. The cooperative program was only like 11 years old when he took over. It's infancy, Amy. That's right. That's right. So he had died. It was very sad. It was, had a heart attack. Um, but he had retired as director of promotion. And they made him director of promotion emeritus. So that's kind of cool. Died? He no, oh, after oh, he oh, retired. Oh, okay. After he retired. But what I found interesting was looking. So he had quite a, you know, a, a history. He had been president of Clarksburg College. He had been a pastor in um, uh, Missouri and in Alabama. And then he went to the executive committee. He was vice president of the SBC in 1932 and 33. But I thought it was so fun hearing what some of his promotion things were. He had a he had a bunch of a bunch of uh, promo, I guess, marketing campaigns, whatever. One was called Every Member Canvas. The other one was called the Hundred Thousand Club, and that was there was I guess a long time debt that the SBC had that was able to be paid off in 1943. I don't know all the details on that, but. There was a slogan that Southern Baptists had debt free in 43 J.E.D. because of J.E. Dillard. So like he was connected with that. And I got really tickled when I saw that debt free in 43 J.E.D. Um, he also wanted he tried he wanted to get a million tithers in Southern Baptist churches. And they said that 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 work trying to get a million tithers increased total gifts in Southern Baptist churches from $29 million in 1936. Okay. Listen to this in 11 years to 132 million. Wow. In 1947. Wow. So that's a, that's a pretty big deal. 
Like this is somebody that we, you well, know, it makes sense name. if you encourage more people to tithe, then you would think right. that more tithes would come in. Right. Yeah, it would. And it, it's, and it it's a shocking That's right. formula there. I know. But. I know. I know. So he had um, he had these books on Bible stewardship and one that got used a lot is called Building a Stewardship Church. He retired again as director of pro- promotion. But after he did that, he did a survey of theological education for the convention. And that is what resulted in locating new seminaries in Wake Forest, North Carolina and Berkeley, California. So he was instrumental in where we are now, you know, in kind of helping figure out the places uh, for where I live, you know, for Southeastern Seminary and for what's Gateway now. Uh, I love that it said in this obituary that in keeping with his love for books, friends who desired to send flowers were asked to send donations to the executive committee for a Dillard Book Memorial Fund. I wonder if that. I wonder still if it's still. It's, I know. I gotta ask now. You, you should find out. I've got to find this out. Yeah. All right. Let me do some digging. The Dillard Book All Memorial right. Fund. All right. Yeah. So, just very interesting. Again, I don't do obituaries that often. In some ways, just because they're sad. But I wanted to do this one because it caught my attention. Because he just seemed like a really interesting uh, guy and a major contributor to our work, even though it's a name that we didn't even really know. So I wanted to bring him up and they were uh, celebrating his life in 1953 this week in SBC history. I I wonder if he was the guy behind I Like Ike. I don't know. Or Million More in 54. I bet he may have something to do with Million More in 54. It's got his fingerprints on it, if nothing else, even though it was, you know, possibly or whatever. Even if he didn't come up with that, he set the trend. Mm-hmm. Debt, debt free in 43. Yeah. Had to like, you know, yeah. pave the way for it. Yes. So, so that's fascinating. All right. So in his honor, join me in 23. Nice. It and doesn't have quite the same ring to it, no. but it's a good effort. All right. How about send more in 24? There you go. I like that. I like that a lot. Start using that. I'd work that in. What if I work that in next year? I like that. Send more in 24 to get people to up their messenger slate. Well, I was talking about CP giving, but that'll work. Oh, okay. (laughs) This is where where you and I, you and I go, you go with uh, CP because that's what, you know, that's part of your, your job. And I think send more messengers because we should all be engaged in the process. All right. Well, that's cool. All right. That's going to bring us to our resource of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? It is a book by Christine Hoover called um, How to Thrive as a Pastor's Wife. So Christine is a a good friend of the pod. She's a great friend of mine. Um, She's been a pastor's wife for over 20 years. She's written several books, uh, has a great podcast, and um, she knows. I mean, she and her husband, I think, have experienced church planting and, and all that. So it's practical tools to embrace your influence and navigate your unique role. And having been in that role um, before, it is not easy. And it's certainly not easy uh, when you're just starting out. Uh, but it even, even after you're not new anymore, it can get really tough. And so just the title, How to Thrive as a Pastor's Wife, uh, it's an important thing for a lot of people. And so I just want to recommend it to listeners. If we've got any pastor's wives out there or pastor could get this for your wife. Yes. So. And uh, kind of on that theme, my resource of the week this week, a book from Melissa and Michael Kruger, 
five things to pray for your spouse. We didn't plan this, but it worked out well. We're, we're both kind of talking about spouses and, and, and marriage stuff here. But uh, five yeah. things to pray for your spouse. Melissa and Michael Kruger, it's a, it's a book on obviously praying for your spouse, covers uh, 21 prayer themes and five prayer prompts each from a particular passage of scripture. So kind of a, I, we didn't plan the, the marriage theme uh, portion of the show here, but here we are, right? There we are. So, and uh, I love, Melissa cool. Kruger is a, she's, she's amazing. And just, a, I'm sure I, Michael I love is too, writings. Amy. I don't know him, so okay. I can't speak to that. Well, but. he's praying for Melissa. So just know yes, that, he is. I'm sure. Yeah. At least five things. They're on, I want to tell you, they're on a, a, trip right now i saw on social media that they were headed off for their 25th anniversary and they said they met i think in 92 and then they got married in 97 and it said they were going to party like it's 1992 and they were going away no email no cell phone no anything only their kids know how to get in touch with them and i thought that's the kind of vacation that i need as long as they're not going through heathrow right now they're okay okay yeah fair enough yes so all right. Well, awesome. So th those are our resources of the week, Amy. And I uh, appreciate everybody for joining us this week. Again, thanks to Southwestern Seminary each and every week for sponsoring the podcast. Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.